In this podcast series, we'll dive into the world of SDOH data, exploring what it is, why it matters, how it impacts the healthcare economics, and the obstacles and opportunities associated with it. We'll also discuss how healthcare organizations can leverage health IT and other tools to unlock the power of SDOH data and discover utilization patterns to better understand populations. If you're looking to navigate the value-based care world more smoothly and unlock the power of SDOH data, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Episode 1, Illuminating the Stumbling Blocks to Address SDOH. Hello, we are so excited to have uh, Dr. Decker join us for a chat on SDOH and how we are doing as a nation, addressing um, the, the stumbling blocks to gathering that data and how we're using that data. Welcome, Dr. Decker. Thank you, Dr. Khan. Uh, happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. So. There's a survey that I was looking at from Ahima and they said that now about 80% of the providers are actually capturing the SDOH data. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I, I think that's fantastic. Um, I've always felt that our doctors are doing a good job. Um, I know that there's a misnomer out there that uh, data isn't being collected. Um, but I know that they are. And so I, I think that really it becomes a question of how do we take that data, make sure that we're receiving it, um, that it actually moves through the pipeline and then gets to a place where you get that data narrative, right? And you really have a story upon which you can act. Um, so how do you take in that data uh, and then craft that narrative and again, make it actionable? That's good to hear. I was a bit doubtful with that um, number myself. Um, I'm sure the provider's intentions are always the best and they really want to serve their patients. I sometimes worry how our information systems are serving our healthcare providers. So I took it with a grain of salt thinking, okay, so if you capture just one aspect, also SDS data, they just going along with that and how often are we really capturing the full picture for the patient and how limited is that data like you're saying we really have to look at the patterns um, of uh, of this data the utilization patterns to better better understand what's going on so what do you think what type of standardization or processes will help us to seamlessly collect this data and to, which is so critical to understand these utilization patterns. Um, I think you bring up a very good point and, uh, and that's really what it comes down to, right? Is that uh, standardization and I think uh, the wholeness of the data. And so while 80% may be collecting data, it might only be one element. And so what are we counting, right, as SDOH data? And so I think that there's a, an opportunity at the point of care uh, to screen patients, a lot of times we shy away from it, the stigma of it, uh, but there's an opportunity to screen patients uh, to get that data. And then again, you know, in those screening tools, um, what do they look like? What's the type of data that you're trying to gather? And that's not to suggest that you just do an interview, right? Or that you uh, have the patient fill out a form. Um, I do think that it needs to occur in conversation. But then uh, to your point about standardized data, how do we then uh, put that in a system in a way um, that's consumable? 
because uh, it's one thing, you know, it's really, it's bridging, right? The technology with the human element. How do you work with the patient, get at their story in a humane way? And I think that those connections are really important. How do you get that information, have those conversations, but then take it back uh, and provide it in a way um, that it can be uh, consumed um, so that we can better understand those patients. And to your point about, you know, understanding utilization, being able to use that data to really understand how we can best serve the patient. Uh, because we know um, just as much as, you know, uh, biology is important, um, so is, um, you know, uh, the social constraints in which the patient lives, the psychological constraints. And so having to get all of that information uh, from the patient Again, having that, that human approach or that human touch in the office, bringing it back into a system, making sure that it's a comprehensive and complete picture, right? It's not enough um, just to capture a couple of bits of data. And then how do we make sense of it and use it? Um, like I said, you know, to be actionable so that you can really help the patient move their care forward. And then also to um, not only be efficient and expedient as it relates to health outcomes, but I think also help manage costs as well. That's very interesting because, you know, there's some some ideas some folks have that this is just a nice to have, a touchy-feely thing, but you're bringing cost in. So can you shed some more light on that? What do you mean by bringing cost and do you think S2H data help us manage costs and utilizations? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, just to share some statistics, um, I was reading a study that uh, estimated that 75 to 90% of all primary care visits are related um, to a behavioral health or mental health concern. And so as uh, our physicians wow. in the audience and even you, right, um, yeah. from practice, uh, you know, um, can probably relate. Uh, that there's some underlying element, right, related to behavioral health or mental health. And so, you know, just knowing that alone, um, I think is important. Uh, but as far as costs um, and utilization, you know, there's a lot of different uh, financial models that our physicians are participating in uh, these days, um, especially around value-based care. And so being able to know um, when a patient, right, um, might be going to the emergency room, but there's opportunities for them to seek care or get care elsewhere that would be more appropriate, right? The whole idea of this uh, quintuple aim um, is the right care at the right time in the right way, in a way that doesn't burn out our providers. Um, and it also uh, is equitable, right? Across our, our diverse patient population. And so, um, just from experience, I can tell you, uh, would often have um, patients call in on a Friday. Uh, usually that was a good indication that they might end up uh, in the emergency room uh, later that weekend. And so I think that uh, the more understanding that we have about our patients and the other aspects of their life that are affecting their physical health, we have an opportunity to intervene and provide the right resources because we know, right, going to the ER um, is is really not appropriate for most conditions. 
And so there really is an opportunity there um, to redirect, uh, to make sure, like I said, um, that the right care is taking place at the, the right time in the right way um, for the appropriate cost. And you don't need to, te- you know, uh, to treat um, the flu really or the cold, right? Uh, in the emergency room, that's not the appropriate place. And so if you can see some of this data and understand um, the interaction, you know, are they food insecure? Um, are there, you know, challenges with health literacy? Can you see that they're going to have an, op- you know, there may be an opportunity to provide greater education around how to take their meds? Um, these are all opportunities or areas um, where I think that we can use social determinants of health and what we learn about our patients um, to uh, to better serve them. Yeah, that makes great sense. And I think there's evidence in literature, Dr. Decker, that um, homelessness, for instance, is tied um, or impacts the ER usage. So there is um, this cause and effect that we are already seeing, which can help our providers. Absolutely. And the ER is a very expensive way, right, to treat homelessness. And if we think about it, um, not only is it expensive, it really doesn't solve anything. It's a quick fix. Um, It doesn't help them get into long-term care. Um, And and that's the other thing, too, that I think that this data can help provide uh, is, uh, you know, being able to use that data to share with your community-based organizations to get them the appropriate supports that they need. Going to the ER for a few hours is is not, you know, and, and getting a hot meal and having coverage, say in inclement weather, um, is a very expensive um, way to do it. And it also takes away um, physician time, right? When they could be working with patients, uh, it, it, it occupies a bed, it occupies resources. And so you have an opportunity here Um, to really uh, get them the supports um, that are better suited uh, for what's going on. Great. Thank you, Dr. Decker. What do you think are the incentives for organizations to invest in this SDH data management? After all, this needs some sort of an investment to capture this data, to identify the patterns, to have these community organizations. And then I think the hardest thing which I have noticed we are struggling with is closing this loop with these community organizations that yes that referral for hot meals or that referral for housing was actually picked up um so the actual referral was actually picked up by these patients we have a very hard time gathering the data so what do you think how should we incentivize organizations and is uh, how how should they do this uh, great, great question. Uh, just taking a step back to the beginning, um, talking about why organizations should do this. You know, a lot of times we're so focused on uh, investment and, and ROI, uh, and we really need to think about the long term, um, the long term investment. And that's really what this is. Um, you know, uh, just the example that I gave around the emergency room. You know, and and not that a hotel room was would solve it, but just think about you know the difference between what it costs to go to the emergency room versus buying someone a meal and and giving them a, a night stay in a, in a hotel. Um, and again, you know that would not serve things. But you know, just looking at the scale there, 
I think that that's incentive enough. Or even, you know, the other statistic that I mentioned that 75 to 90 percent of uh, of primary care visits are often estimated, you know, to be um, to have a, a mental health or be driven um, by a behavioral health concern. And so uh, knowing that we're using, right, the, the healthcare community to solve really what are social issues. And that's not to say that we don't address them, they're important, but there's other places that they could be served better, more efficiently, more effectively, more efficaciously. Um, so, you know, all of that uh, would be important. Um, just from managing costs, especially as physicians are participating in value-based care contracts and looking at total cost of care, uh, it's an exorbitant expense that they're on the hook for that oftentimes um, they don't have the ability to make up for uh, in the other ways in which they're providing care. As far as uh, incentives and tying back to these community-based organizations, there's definitely opportunity right, to provide risk sharing. I know that there's lots of technological tools out there um, that can help provide referrals to make sure that patients are getting to the right place. And I know our physician community is uh, more than willing to make those referrals, but it's knowing who to refer to and making sure that those patients uh, will get the, you know, will get the care um, and the support that they need. And so uh, using technology, um, using uh, particular tools. I know that you can help uh, make those connections a lot more seamless um, and uh, and also save on the, the physician's time so that they can focus on uh, the conditions that are you know more medical in nature. Thank you, Dr. Decker. This was uh, great insights into SUH data and um, how to uh, overcome some of the obstacles what our, our providers are facing and our next episode will look at how to op operationalize these programs how to improve the outcomes both clinical and financial thank you so much have a wonderful rest of the day thank you looking forward to it you as well